Anchored in Reaching is for curious people who want to explore the story that God is writing in history and who are looking for their own place in that story to find meaning and vibrancy in their life and vocation. I'm Kevin Manoya. Join me each week as we probe the edges of faith and living, always in relation to God who knows you best. For some, it'll be an opportunity to anchor yourself more securely in your faith. For others, it'll be motivation to reach out to engage more broadly. In either case, these conversations should encourage, enlighten, and challenge you. Hi, everybody. I'm really glad that you're joining us again on Anchored in Reaching. And um, I hope that you've been enjoying some of the series we've been doing. I want to let you know that we're going to be starting a new series coming up called Transforming Your Community. And we'll get into that. It's a four-part series that I hope you really like. Uh, But occasionally, throughout all of the series that we do, we're going to be dropping in some one-off conversations like we're doing today. Mm -hmm. And I want to introduce you and have conversations with some of the new denominational heads. And I call them that because some denominations call them different things. But leaders of denominations at the national level or international level because these are gatekeepers. And I just figured it'd be really nice to hear some from their heart and think through some of the issues from their perspective so that we can uh, all understand what God's doing, not just in your local church, but through movements of churches and large networks of churches. Mm -hmm. So uh, I'm really glad you're joining us. Susanna's not with me today, but we're going to be talking to a a good friend of mine. And I hope that you will write us a review, a report, and share Anchored and Reaching. Uh, You can write to us at podcast at anchoredandreaching.com. So today, I've got the privilege of having Bishop Kenny Martin. Now, that title is a little intimidating to people because not everybody knows what a bishop does. Uh, Kenny Martin, three weeks ago, I think, you were elected as one of the newest bishops of the Free Methodist denomination. And so congratulations on that, I think. Uh, it's a big burden that you carry, and uh, I we're just really happy that you could join us, Kenny. Thank um, you. And we look forward to chatting with you. So maybe just tell us a little bit about how that election happened, uh, mm-hmm. just in a moment or two, just so that everybody understands. Yeah, so uh, we gather for general conference, and then we have delegates, and they uh, cast their vote, uh, who will be their bishop. Uh, we have a uh, where we have a bishop uh, search committee, and we go through this process. And after that process, we are presented to the BOA of our What's a BOA? Board of, I'm sorry. A BOA. Is that a BOA constrictor or something you wear on your neck? A board board of administration. Okay, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. So so our names were submitted uh, with our current bishops. And so uh, I was uh, asked to go through that process and uh, humbly receive uh, the nominee as a nominee to go through that process to be voted on at General Conference. And the General Conference is a gathering, of a gathering hundreds of people yes thousands of mm-hmm. people. you have at least about 2000 people that I gather see. from all over not just the united states but we have representatives from our world conference and bishops mm-hmm. from around the world are there and so um it's a great time for us as a free methodist family mm-hmm. uh, to come together uh, we have a resolution that we te- that we look at for decisions that might need to be what we call preliminary sessions yeah. mm-hmm. uh, where we vote and discuss 
us uh, what we have we call a book of discipline. And so we use that uh, for guiding for us, uh, uh, for um, for the direction and for our church. And yeah, so gotcha. So, so that's kind of... So in this that. new role, you're overseeing uh, hundreds of churches, actually, yes. in yes. the Western United States, also uh, some churches in Africa, Correct. groups of churches. What do you see, uh, Kenny, as the the kind of the challenges that lie ahead of you in yes. this new role? Yes. So first I would say that I come with a teachable spirit mm -hmm. and I'm surveying the land, also listening uh, to others um, that in their role, what they see. The make key word for me is change. Yeah. What necessary change do we need to for the future so that we can be all that God wants us to be. Now, I think one of the challenges is going to be uh, multiplication, right? And making disciples and really multiplying. As you know, most of our churches that are really growing are in other countries. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And if we be honest, we have to be honest and transparent that um, we have to, the data will show us that we're declining. Mm -hmm. And so we have to face that reality. Yeah. And what's so, causing that? Go ahead. Just, uh, just a second here. Decline. We mean declining. We're losing people. We're yeah, losing I, churches. I, or what I, is the... I, I would say all the above. I think mm -hmm. that we're losing people. I think that we also are not aggressive or enough for really, I'll, I'll say even risk-taking, of coming out of our comfort zone. Yeah. Right? And that uh, some people, we just like it the way it is. And but we have been called, we are sent to to nation, but begins in our Jerusalem, right? And mm -hmm. so we have to look at what is God saying to us here in the United States of America. Mm -hmm. And so there are some areas I believe that needs to change. And I believe that the giftings that God has given me, the grace and giftings that God has given me, and through my experience, uh, that um, I'm more of a visionary leader, yeah, yeah. right? I'm more of an apostolic leader, a sent one, right? To be sent forth for a purpose. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I believe that this is my season of what God, the mix that is needed. We have bishops that their focus or their strength is in systems and structure, and, and we need that. And so, but I believe the Free Methodist Church at General Conference was saying, it's time for a shift. Mm -hmm. There's time for a change. And I've been with the Free Methodist Church for 32, over 30 something years. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I bring to the table this experience from pastoring from coast to coast. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we have leaders that they've only been in this one region. They only know about that one mm -hmm. region. Mm -hmm. And so so I believe through my experience of uh, pastoring and leading from coast to coast, and also I would say uh, being a liaison to, to previous bishops. Yeah. So I believe that God prepared me for the change that is necessary, especially in a denomination, yeah. in a small denomination. And I would say this, that one of the challenges I think also is that we need to grow and learn from each other, yeah. and most of, mostly for the body of Christ. I believe that even as a denomination, that we need each other, we need to support one another, but there's also uh, with a teachable spirit, and I said this to you before, I believe that there's more of a uh, an anointing that comes when the body of Christ works together. Yes, unity. resource and unity. Unity. So, but before that, we have to be unified first. Yeah. 
Yeah. Right. So how are we going to be unified when we're not even unified? Well, and it also means, I think, Kenny, I mean, mm -hmm. the, the challenges and I'd be curious to know specifically some of the changes. I mean, mm -hmm. this is a role, by the way, that I've carried as well right. previously. Mm -hmm. um, and and so I understand that there's a burden on you, but but it's it's a matter then of if there is going to be unity in the kingdom among mm -hmm. even denominations, mm -hmm. there has to be a humility in the mindset. It can't be the institution. It can't be building the institution, right? Yes. So so uh, it's very easy for denominations that are 100 years old or more mm -hmm. to kind of become institutional, isn't it? Is that one of the changes you see in mind? Yes, there's going to have to be some changes. And one of the things that I think one of the giftings that, that in graces of God has given me is that uh, being relational, yeah, right? And we talked about this, you know, people, most people know me as Uncle Kenny. Mm -hmm. My wife is Mama Estelle, right? And we do that because the other part of this is preparing the next generation of leaders, yeah. right? So that's, a, I'm very passionate about that because we have to go back and we have to take this generation, younger generation with us as we, as we bring this change that is needed in the denomination. So do you think the Free Methodist Church, uh, you're a leader now of it, mm -hmm. do you think the Free Methodist Church has something to learn from, oh, let's say the Foursquare churches or independent churches mm -hmm. or, you know, maybe yeah. even brethren in Christ churches. I mean, yes. there's no doubt about it. This, I mean, this is dear to me because when I first became a Christian, I, I became. You know, my story is that uh, I got. I didn't get saved in a church. I went through Teen Challenge. Mm -hmm. I got saved in a basement, mm -hmm. and God showed me uh, a pregnant woman with a needle in her arm. Wow. He showed me a famine land. And that's multiple. Uh, one is the church, right? When I talk about the family land, um, division and all that. And then um, he said to me very clearly, my body is, the body of Christ is divided. Mm -hmm. And I told him I would go. So this is a mandate. Part of your God. very call. My very beginning of yeah, my I call. I can see that. Right. Sure. And I told God, I go, and I just started weeping uh, for hours because I knew that this is what God has called me to do. So it's more important to you that there be unity in the church broadly than building the institutional denomination. Yes. Is that right? Am I hearing you right? You hear me right. Um, okay. The world needs to see that we're one. Yeah. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. When we get to heaven, it's not going to be a special seating, <laughs> yeah. right? Where the Pentecostals are in the front row, right? And the Methodists, we're up in the balcony, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. right? No. So we need, the, the people who are lost need to see the church as one. Yeah, yeah. Right? And we're in a season that we're preparing for, um, for 2024, when we look at the political part of this, yes. that if we need to come together yeah. right now. Mm. Right now, this, I, I would say this, this is urgent. Yeah. This is urgent in America. Yeah. Because it is so easy for us to be, and you know, my passion is this, that, you know, we got the black church, the white church, you know, it is time for us to come together. I'm going to yeah. do everything possible. That's why I'm here with you. You'll see me with different denominations. Sure. Uh, I don't care if the church only have three people in there. 
I'm not caught up in the crowd. I'm caught up, God, who are you sending me to who are like-minded, yeah. who have the same call that it is time for the body of Christ to come together for the world to see, but to, uh, we're better together. We're stronger together. Yeah. You right? know, in, in Jesus' prayer, uh, mm -hmm. interestingly in John, mm -hmm. prayer for unity says um, that they may be one as you and I, yes. Father, are one. Yes. They may be one that the world will know. So there's a reason for unity. It's not yes. just unity for unity's yes. sake. Yes. There's a reason for unity yes. that the world will know that Jesus is yes. God's son. Right. So it's yes. it's, it's in the word. Yes. Right? But it's unity yes. for yes. a reason. Yes. That's that's the yes. point. So I hear a couple of really interesting themes that I suspect will become part of your leadership. One is I heard next generation. Mm -hmm. I heard multiplication. Mm -hmm. I heard apostolic. Mm -hmm. And that implies a movement. Mm -hmm. And then I heard unity. I mean, those sound to me to be key words that are important to you as you yes. lead a group of uh, yes. 850 churches in the United States. Yes. This is, a, I call the mantle. Yeah. It's the mantle of God. Mm -hmm. And it's a weight to that, uh, wearing that mantle, because uh, it's not going to be church as usual or right. business as usual, right? What is the kingdom agenda? Right. Good, I'm good. about the kingdom. Good, good. That's the bottom line. Kingdom trumps everything. Kingdom, that's it. Kingdom trumps everything. So let me ask you a question, Kenny. And this may be a little difficult one. Um, you know, kind of softball here a little bit. But yeah. why do you think it has it's taken so long for some of these denominations, including the Free Methodist Church, to elect right. a black leader? Yeah. Um well I because, you know, you mentioned it before. You got the black church, you got the white church. You know, the Church of God in Christ is largely black, and all of the, the Council of Bishops are black. Right. And the Free Methodist Church, you know, you're the first black yeah. bishop in the Free Methodist Church. What's What has taken, why has it taken so well, long? Well, first, 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 I would say, number one is that as the Free Methodist Church uh, in rural areas, right, and then missionaries going overseas. So when you talk about Free Methodists, we're not even known in mostly in the urban settings mm -hmm. in the black community. I see. Right. Mm -hmm. So let's be honest, you know, sure. and so we haven't been there. So, and I would say this, that you would see more people of color, black or brown, submitting to white leadership. What do you mean by that? Submitting to, uh, for me, uh, I come from Church of God Anderson and that's my background. Uh, but we had um, in the Church of God where I had my roots that's been there for years yeah. with the African-American community. I, when I'm coming to the Free Methodist, there's no roots there. There's no roots of mm. any African-Americans. So you, I, I look at um, uh, what we stand for, but it doesn't match up. Mm -hmm. It doesn't with match up with the reality of it. Yeah. It stands for slavery, but... You know, uh, I, I might be revoted out after I have to finish this. this. You got four years. I man. got four years. You got four years. Take yeah. it. Yeah. So, where were you? Yeah. Where were you? Right. And so, 
Um, You're talking to the denomination now, right, white right, denomination. Where, right. Where were you? Yeah. You, you, your principles are there, yeah. but we didn't see you. We didn't yeah. see you in the marches. We didn't, yeah. see, you know, where were you? Yeah. And so, um, so for me, because I've been, God has caused, sent me, I said, and, and God really will set you up that when I came to the Free Methodist Church, I know the voice of God. Yeah. And I know that, that um, I was called to the urban community. He didn't show me everything. Mm. So when I went into St. Louis, I saw a racially divided community, yes. right? Very racially divided, very disinvested. And I'm going, if I got to wash dishes, I'm going. I don't care if there's a package deal or not. Yeah. I heard from the Lord. But he didn't show me everything until I went to annual conference and I saw all these white people. Yeah. I said, God, God, what is this? Yeah, yeah. But there was someone there named Gene Austin, uh -huh. who was an African-American, and he mentored me. Because uh, when they said, good. why didn't we have more black churches? And I would stand up, I'll tell you why. Yeah. And he would take my coattail. And pull and, you down. And pull me down. Really? So we need those kind of spiritual fathers. Wow. Right? Why did he pull you down? Because I, he was showing me, you're not ready for prime time, Kenny. <laughs> Right, because you can. We are now, by the way. Here we are, right here. Prime time, right. right, because I've learned even from uh, serving in St. Louis and and having really the leader of that community, that real change comes when you're sitting at the table. Yeah, where significant change can happen. Yeah, not by just standing up. Yeah, I so I needed to start learning how to sit on boards. Sure, sure. So I started on community boards. Interesting. So God was teaching learning me. Learning the system. Learning the system in the community, being a community leader, gotcha. sitting on boards. Help me with my church board. Help me, as he prepared me for being on the BOA of the denomination. Which is the boa constrictor that we hang around the neck, right? Right. Yeah, that, right. that thing that tightens you down. Actually, it's the board of administration. Right, I don't right, mean right, to. Right. Yeah, yeah, board yeah, of administration. Metaphor that yeah, don't give me any trouble. Right? I just. <laughs> I get it. Right. So. Yeah, I get it. So. I come with this teachable spirit. Yeah, yeah. And that's going to be the key yeah, for bringing change, right? And so uh, God has been teaching me and weaving me through, right, so that we can make significant changes. Yes. Yeah. It's really interesting because when I served in this role, in the role that you now have, mm -hmm. overseeing it, and I'm, I, I remember people, uh, and it didn't happen often, but occasionally someone would come up to me and say, Bishop Manoia, what... Um, um, how many of the bishops of the Free Methodist Church, and they were thinking of the U.S. Yes. bishop, the three right. of us, Right. how many of them are people of color? Mm -hmm. And my response was, well, a majority. Mm -hmm. Now, three of us in the United States okay. were we three white males. Right. But I was thinking of the broader global church, yes. right? Where there's a majority yes. of people of color who are in this role. Yes. So I guess I need to correct my question out of mm -hmm. deference to those yes. leaders internationally. Correct. Um, and not presume to say, why has the denomination been so slow at electing a black bishop when in fact a majority of the bishops are people of color oh. around the world? 
Correct. And I don't want people to think that somehow we're That's defining true. a denomination yes. in yes. terms of its U.S. Yes. manifestation. Yes. So yes. a better question, I guess, yes. why yes. has the U.S. church or the North American church maybe been so slow at doing that? And you've, you've, yes. you've provided some really good insight. It's very interesting yes. for this church because yes. it was birthed out of Western New York yes. over the issue of emancipation. Yes. So and then in the, the, the civil rights movement in the mid 20th century, you're yes. right. It was it was silent along with right. a lot of others. Right, right. And I, I see this as a great opportunity because even in the United States, a free, a free Methodist church, there is more diversity. Yes. You can really see it now. And this has been me, my election uh, really is a historic Mm -hmm. That's going, I believe, that's going to draw the body of Christ, not just the black and brown. But I believe that um, that because this is so historic, the black church is celebrating. Yes, I completely agree. Yeah. Right. And, but I, I you, know, you know, I, I guess I would underscore and mm -hmm. wanna wanna I think I know you well enough to yeah. say yes. that the fact that you are a black bishop is secondary. Come on. Right. Secondary. Yes. It's yes. not the primary yes. agenda or no. the it is secondary to the humility and the yes. nature of God's call in your life yes. to be an apostolic leader yes. in leading in unity and change for the future, empowering the next generation. Yes. I am not the black bishop for the black people. <laughs> Come on. In the free Methodist That's church. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Uh, yeah. God has called me to reach all people. Yeah. And yeah. so he put me, I believe that God put me in the Free Methodist Church for such a time as this. Yes. Because, you know, you know, I've been with the Free Methodist Church for over 30 years. Long time. And I have other friends outside of Free Methodist Church were saying, Kenny, why are you still there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm glad you are. Right. That why are you yeah. staying there? Right. Even when we come to California and to submit under another pastor, mm -hmm. they were scratching their head like, yeah. what, what are you doing? Uh, all, I'm following the Lord. I'm yeah. following the Holy Spirit. I'm not trying to get up. I want to stay low. Yeah. I want to make sure I'm hearing from God so I can mentor and model to others that God will elevate you. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to be elevated in humility and I want to mentor and model that. That's so we've fact. got just a few minutes left and I want mm -hmm. to ask you another question that might be a little bit edgy and, mm -hmm. and push some buttons. I don't know. Mm -hmm. um, so do you think, uh, Bishop Martin, do you think that denominations are even viable anymore? I mean, you just got through saying a little while ago that Free right. Methodist Church is on decline in the United States. Right. Most denominations, frankly, are mm -hmm. on decline in the United States, the mm -hmm. historic ones anyway. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, are they even viable? Is uh, If it wasn't, I wouldn't be here, number one. Okay. <laughs> right? And rather denomination or you're independent, everyone has something that needs to be to change, right? To what God is really calling. So in, in the Revelation talk about tribes. Yeah. So I see denomination as one of the tribes. I see. Right. I see it as a tribe and that that um, and that we have to recognize what's a dead thing, wherever it's in the denomination or wherever it is that that needs resurrection. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we have to identify what is really a dead thing 
in our denomination? What is it? Is our system, our structures, what is it? Is it power? What is it? And it has to be addressed. And that's why I believe that you have to have an apostolic leader who is humble, who has spiritual authority. I shared this before. In a denomination, for the denomination to really be what it uh, is called purpose from God, mm -hmm. I believe that there has to be a person who God, a prophet, which was called a seer, is who is the watchman on the wall mm -hmm. for that denomination, mm -hmm. who will call the church to repentance. What is out of order? Mm -hmm. And you do it in humility, but there's got to be repentance. So we have, as we examine ourselves, what do we need to repent of? So you need, a, that's the first thing. So as a watchman of all, which is my calling, which is the mantle that I wear, I know what I wear, this God gave me this mantle. And so, and I say it with passion, uh, but when it's small groups, you know, I, I, yeah, I, no, I, I <laughs> right, right, right. So, so not arrogance. No, I, we got, right. Yeah, just we make, I gotta make sure, because yeah, it's very strong. It. I, I, I totally okay. understand that. And so as a watchman on the wall, it begins with repentance because there's a warning. I come, here is a warning. I've been with God. So for the denomination, Here's a warning from the Lord. Yeah. And we have to heed this warning because there's judgment. Yeah. Right? That's the watchman. He's giving you a warning. There's a judgment. Why is there a judgment? Right? Because we need to repent mm -hmm. for renewal, for revival. So if we really want to see something revived, we have to hear. There's got to be someone who hears and sees, who lives a consecrated life. Not just a fast and a meal or a fast. I live a consecrated life. So when I say, thus say the Lord, I know this ain't coming from Kenny. Yeah. And people will know it. Yeah. 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 Right? You, you get that. No, no, I totally understand. Yeah. I really appreciate that. Yes. And I know there's a whole lot more we could talk about and yes. unpack on that yes. issue and many other questions, but I really appreciate your coming. You know, as you describe uh, denominations, many people assume that denominations are uh, an indication that the church is divided. Yes. I tend to look at it that denominations represent the diversity of the church. And so yes. in actuality, I think in one of the video series that we've done, I talk about the, the river of God with many tributaries. Each is different, but one is not better than the other. And there's actually a book out called The Holy River of God based on that metaphor and how each including your denomination, and yes. which is mine also, yes. including other denominations, contribute uniquely yes. to the river system of God. And without each other, yes. the river system is incomplete. Yes. And the river system is not as effective at transforming the landscape from desert yes. into lush, yes. life-giving yes. soil. So, yes. so yes. in reality, denominations, uh, I see them, of course, I'm a churchman and I right. had this role and, mm -hmm. and, you know, and I realize I'm biased with mm -hmm. that, mm -hmm. but they represent the diversity yes. of God's manifesting God's own self in the hearts of people to fulfill God's mission in transforming the world into a life-giving place. Yeah. So you are in a gatekeeper, uh, responsible, leadership, apostolic mm -hmm. role 
with one of those. And I'm glad to hear some of the things that that move you forward. And I really, there are going to be a lot of people who are listening and watching this who are going to be praying for you as you begin, Penny. Yes. And I would say that for those who know, we have a board of bishops, Mm -hmm. right? Right. And so we have Bishop Keith, Bishop Kay, and the mix that God has brought together with our different strengths and weaknesses, I can see how we're going to gel together and use these giftings that's going to be a blessing to the denomination. And I also believe to the body of Christ, and that's why I'm here, because I want to be with part of the body, with the God body. And we're glad you are. So I really appreciate your taking time to be here. Thanks for listening in, everybody, and I hope you join us next episode. And uh, be looking for some of these that we're dropping in as one-off interviews with some gatekeeper leaders, uh, new denominational leaders. We've got some others that are lined up in other denominations and mm. and so forth. And I really hope that you'll take advantage of getting a little bit of an insight into what does a bishop do anyway, right? I mean, it's a highfalutin title and a lot of people don't know what that means, but uh, I'm really grateful for you coming and, and kind of letting us peek a little bit behind the, the curtain into, and seeing a little bit of your heart and your intention and your goals. So, So thank you, Kenny, very much. Thank you. God bless you all. We'll look forward to having you in the next episode. Let me encourage you to keep leaning into the wonderful adventure of becoming all that God has envisioned for you to be. Anchoring yourself in a secure identity, you reach with confidence to engage with people and daily life all around you. Allow your curiosity to explore and find God in the edges. Please take time to share this podcast with all your friends and invite them to join me in upcoming weeks as we explore together this exhilarating journey of being anchored and reaching.